Let's spread a song so you can sing along with one special guest star or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me today is the creator of stage to screen darius fry Woo! hey how we doing we doing all right we're good we good how you doing doing pretty good thank you everyone for tuning in you could have been anywhere else in the world tonight but you decided to be here from wherever you are in your car cleaning whatever it may be whatever in the future in the future this is yeah this is future darius when when darius has his own production company called stage to screen where he's doing (laughs) bigger and better musical movies than are out currently yes that is the goal i mean that's part of of why i started doing it in the first place so yeah there's some truth in that (laughs) but we're here to talk today about Mamma Mia, here we go again. I am not sorry, but kind of sorry I made you watch this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of, I, I made a little bit of an event out of doing this. Like, you know, like I got got some, I got some dinner to throw this thing on. I had seen okay. it before, but I think I had like left the room for some reason, like near like the the end of the the last act, and forgot about this. <gasps> so, so I had to, I had to refresh. And like watch was like when you said, Oh, it's time to watch this. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna watch some uh some cliff notes and some reviews on the first Mamma Mia, refresh on that because I've seen that a few times, you know, and just do a little bit of research, make sure I'm I'm in the Whoa. know. He did some research. Yeah, yeah. I had to. But I mean, this this is this is a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. So I had to definitely go it's true. into it. Uh well, Mamma Mia, here we go again, came out in 2018. It was written by Ol Parker with a story by Richard Curtis, Ol Parker, and Katherine Johnson, who wrote the original book for the musical, the stage version. Mm-hmm. So obviously she was involved. Um, yeah. Music and lyrics by Benny Anderson, Bjorn Ulvaeus, and Stieg Anderson. Sometimes, I mean, he, ha- he has credit for some of them. I don't remember which ones, and I was kind of lazy to. <laughs> uh, it yeah. was directed by Ol Parker, and then here's the kicker: according to IMDb, this takes place five years after the events of Mamma Mia. Yeah, uh, Sophie prepares for the grand reopening of the Hotel Belladonna as she learns more about her mother's past. So technically, this is a period movie yeah it, it's like a it's i i wouldn't i've heard of when i first heard about it I, I was calling it like a like a pre-sequel sort of thing because it's like it's a sequel because it takes place five years even though i was kind of shocked to find that out a couple of days ago like five years only five ye- yeah. So yeah, yeah five yeah. years but it also dives heavily into the past you know the the 70s to be exact i believe well mama mia the first movie Mm-hmm. I believe technically is also a period piece. Yes. <laughs> Does it take place in like early 2000, even though it came out in 2008? One yeah. of those kind of things. Yeah. Technically a period piece. Yeah. But this one is just, <laughs> I have mixed <laughs> feelings about this movie. Cause I, I do too. Yeah. With the way that they tell it, they are referencing Godfather two in a way, but like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that, but now it's in my head. So now <laughs> I read that on some, I think I want to say it was IMDb trivia where they're like, it creates a fresh new story and everything. But I don't know. I feel like you could have had all the past in a chunk mm-hmm. and just called it a day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a very weird thing. Like it's, it's very clear to me that there was no sequel to be made and by golly they made they made sure something happened you know like i mean <laughs> apparently like the first film made like 600 million worldwide and it was like yeah you know had this huge cut like huge like a-list cast and whatnot and it's like okay there is no story what can we do we can make something why don't we just tell the the story that we've heard about we never saw it 
Yeah, and then you get this weird sequel where mm-hmm. Donna is dead, and you're like, but she was the best part of the movie of the first one. Yeah, that was very that was a very confusing choice. Like I was like, like so all after all that, like within five years, she's dead. Like she yeah. died Yeah, and then oh, it's just so weird. And and all the funny thing is. Cher is only like three years older than Meryl Streep, and the caster has her mother. Yeah, I, I had to, I had to check that in because I even remember like, like first seeing the trailer and like uh, Amanda Seyfried's like, oh, grandma, and I'm like, I'm like, wait, what? What? No, no, no. Wait a second. Wait, <laughs> let me just, let me just make sure that my lines aren't crossed. I'm just like, yeah, no, they literally. <laughs> I mean, as much as I love Cher, I know that she's like all plastic at this point. Yeah. But she doesn't look that old no, to be grand- no. grandma material. Yeah, she she doesn't. I was like, maybe that's the point. I mean, it's it's the type of thing like uh, people I knew who who loved uh, musicals like back when the trailer came out when they saw it, they were just like, like take my money. It was like we get a little bit of Meryl Streep, we get a little bit of share. I'm just like take all of the money, take all yeah, the money. Yeah, I, oh my god, I remember the trailers where they played up the fact that Cher was in it and you're like mm-hmm. why and you watch it and you're like but Cher's only in like 10 minutes of the movie yeah there's only that little bit and you think about it, it's like Meryl Streep's only in about 10 minutes of the movie where did you watch the movie did you watch it on a streaming service or something yeah so I actually I had to go in on Amazon Prime to to find it I did look for like look for in other places. I'm just like let's let's see where else I can find this night. I realized that I couldn't. I was just like so I had to rent it. So I was like I was like okay, um, this should this should be fun. This should be it, fun. This is gonna be my history now. <laughs> it's really funny because on Amazon Prime, you know, like they have they give you like direct the director and they give you like the stars of the movie mm-hmm. um, because this is such like an ensemble piece. Right. They, they have starring Dominic Cooper, Cher, and Pierce Brosnan. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, those are the three people who are in it the least. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Like, yes. And like Dominic Cooper is like barely in the same setting as them. <laughs> like the entire film. <laughs> you know? So I'm just like, okay, this this is their selling points. They want to sell you on this, but it's like they they you know what it is? Those like particular actors that talent right there they cost a lot like that honestly they cost a lot you know it's like we're trying to cut prices we're trying to make money like before and we don't have that much star power if we're talking about like the 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 prequel aspects of the the film so it's like we have to have them but we can't have them for that long literally it's, it's going to make the budget go like like stretch like that you know um so uh yeah it's it's a weird move i guess like what what should we do should we go into (laughs) some thoughts what what do you well um i was gonna ask you so you're you're obviously a musical person Mm -hmm. doing stage to screen and everything how did Mm -hmm. you feel about them repeating nine songs from the first movie yeah um it's weird kind of yeah kind of it's it's an interesting situation i'm glad you asked that because upon finding out that this movie was going to be in existence a gift to us all if you if you say i was wondering i was like wait a second it's like so that means they're just going to use more abba songs or are we going to use the same songs over again and i had i had um i was on the fence i had issues with the fact that they'd be using the same songs but also i was just like you need to use the same like you like it i felt like you needed to right. like it's mama mia like it's even whatever you feel about the the musical or the the first adaptation of the musical it still is a very prevalent musical for musical heads like it's like you need to you need to like pay so much homage to this lineage if we're going to be doing this and making this from scratch so i i was definitely on the fence i was just like they're gonna i gotta do this but it's kind of important like it, i don't know i mean they could there's a few like I get the I get why they're using why they use Mamma Mia because it's the title mm-hmm. of the movie uh, and Dancing Queen is like one of their biggest hits 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also understand them reusing Waterloo because for ABBA, that's a big hit. That's a big, that's a big I mean, yeah. th- that's how they won Eurovision Song Contest back in the <laughs> 70s. Yeah. But like the others, I was just sitting there just like, you couldn't have thought of a different song. I mean, I, yeah. when Pierce Brosnan starts singing SOS, A, mm-hmm. I start cringing. But B, mm-hmm. I kind of get it because it's hit. That was the, his song with Donna in the first movie. Yeah, and I, I kind of, I, I will say, I, I think I put a, a note down too, like, I kind of dug that it sounds more like a, a reprise than just a copy, like, it's because it's, it's sung differently, it's sung softer, like, it's in yeah. memory, like, I would, I would believe that to be, like, in the original show, like, where he sings it once, and it's like, you know, this big number, and then, like, he sings it again, and it's a little bit softer, and like, like, a traditional reprise you know so i kind of dug that it was that and it wasn't like a complete uh regurgitation of it of it in the case of dancing queen in the case of dancing queen i did have to say like as fun as it was to see and as iconic as it is it was one of the repeated songs that felt the least necessary because nothing in that aspect of the song seemed to make much sense oh, in no. the scene you know None it didn't of it make at all. sense yeah like they're on the boat and everyone just starts singing and it's just like okay they're at this point they're just they're just singing out but this is there has no like narrative function at this point it's just like we have to do this you know um and it so it, <laughs> i was watching and i'm just like yeah this is fun and i'm just like this is one of the many points of evidence that there really was no sequel to be made they just they really just did something but in other cases you know like Mamma Mia I actually I'll say I I felt that going over again because it, it felt like you know just like with these three friends them singing it again like they took it this. in a different direction right in this situation they're singing it if you look at it in in chrono- chronological order they're singing it the first time and like you can feel that energy you're like they're singing it so i didn't mind it too much you get me (laughs) yeah yeah i I noticed some other observational mistakes if you will like you were talking about chrono chronologically that's them singing it for the first time even though in the first movie she's sick anyway (laughs) yeah (laughs) there are other things too where like they never mentioned the little market Mm -hmm. on caligari in the first movie Mm -hmm. so in my opinion like I mean, obviously, there was a way that they got produce and and things like that, but mm-hmm. I never even thought that there was a town town square or whatever, whatever you want to call right, it. We never saw it. We did not know the geography of that <laughs> that space at all. Like you just kind of went to places. Uh, and then Rosie and Tanya actually met Bill in the past, but then in the first movie, they don't know him. It's very. It's very mm-hmm. interesting how they like retconned things. Yeah. Especially uh, the grandmother character, because the way they talk about her in the first movie, it's as if she's dead. Yeah. So they just were like, nope, she's uh, she's in hiding. <laughs> yeah, she's she's been around. She's just not a great person. Just letting you guys know this now that we we didn't say that too much in the first one. No, um, no, no, not at all. She's, I mean, she's just dead to Donna. How's that? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> huh? huh? So yeah, we have more. See, there's there's more you didn't know. We're giving you more information somehow. You know, just like uh, in in actuality, if they were going to do this, and this is one of the only times i'll ever reference this specific movie but they could have served from doing something closer to like greece too <laughs> like just something yes! different. Like, a different story like something different maybe maybe in the same setting but something different you know like just maybe they said it in the future and it's sophie's kid going through everything right like, something like that yeah it would have felt I guess, you know, in, inherently, like, a lot of sequels are unnecessary, but it would have felt more necessary. It would have felt like, you know, the time that has passed, you know, would feel a little bit more organic. This is supposed to be five years, and it's like, uh, like, a lot's happened in this five years. There's a lot happens in five years. A lot's happened, you know, in these five years, but it's like, it feels so, like, quick. Like, after everything, it was just like, oh, everything's great. Some years later, oh, yeah, we're back. She's dead, by the way. She's dead. <laughs> dead by the way but she was played by Cher 
(laughs) (laughs) yeah like but yeah so yeah i don't know it's there'll be a lot of instances and a lot of my notes do kind of like bring into uh the idea that this was a hollywood concoction like just like more money yeah run out ideas because you know even last year and still even now you know making sequels from films that are you know close to 20 years old you know you know um as opposed to like the better part of a decade old was something that's like happened it's like oh let's bring this back and like i feel like there was probably someone in that room at the time was like are we sure <laughs> like are we positive like i mean i know like it made a lot of money but it didn't do much else so are we sure <laughs> Yeah, like audiences probably were a little warm about it, but mm-hmm. do we need a sequel of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think they'll make a third one? If there's if Mama there's money to be made, <laughs> if there's money to be made, they will do it. Like this is this this is the like the reality of the film industry and you know musical theater industry. You know, it's just like if there's money to be made something will happen i mean the musical theater industry is mostly just like you know just like revivals the show will come back you know That's music is coming back like who needs music man right now we don't really no need music does. man right now but it's coming back for whatever reason so if there's money to be made from mama mia mama mia three if there's something they can do if they can like put in like olivia rodrigo real quick then yes <gasps> they will do it <laughs> Ooh, all right all right so you Let's say you your stage to screen is now a production company, right? Yeah. And you mm-hmm. want to do Mamma Mia 3. Pitch mm-hmm. it to me. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> here's the thing. Two years after Mamma Mia 2. <laughs> <laughs> no. Two years after, like two years after. It was like, get this one month after all that went down. <laughs> you know? Um, in all actuality, if if this if this would to, would happen, I, you know, I would keep the iconic setting of Greece is what we've been, of Athens is what we've been doing. Cause I don't feel like, I feel like you don't have Mamma Mia without Athens at this point. Like you right. need that, that sort of like that bright colors. I myself, I would make an entirely new story, a new story. It would be similar. It would, it would have to do with some sort of like, love triangle or uh you know it would have to do something you you would have to be that but it would be it would just be done with different characters and the lineage of you know Mamma Mia in you know these films would be contributed to so we would still have like Sophie around maybe like she's like a mentor or something like that you know we would still have like Rosie and Tanya we would still have them around but they wouldn't necessarily be the focus the focus would be on this new generation of people who are dealing with similar things so they can kind of chime in on what's going on and possibly grab a new audience for Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, you know, has been around for decades at this point. And it's like, you know, it could stand for a nice new face, you know, um, if someone that, you know, the new generation could probably pop up and be like, yes, I will see this. I adore this. And then maybe for whatever reason, they go back and just like, since this is happening, maybe I should go back and check in on what's going on. So it basically, it would just be a similar story with a new face with the lineage brought in, which I feel like is like the, the pitch of an executive at this point. This is like the artist part of me is gone at this point. <laughs> I was just can, like, I, can I add to this? I have an yes. idea that may, that may help you. Absolutely. It's about three women, okay. young women, we'll say, you know, like they're in their early 20s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they work at the Hotel Belladonna. Okay. But they are natives to Caligari. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. you can get the Olivia Rodrigo's of the mm-hmm. world. Yes. And like you can get basic or you can get like people of color to play yes. these parts, which will be mm-hmm. great. And they also are a girl group. And mm-hmm. then, and then you have the love triangle somehow, like, yeah. 
I feel like we're I feel like we're cooking here. We're cooking. Yeah, here. it's probably cooking. It would probably be something like in a weird like reverse. Like it would be like something where it's like this new like girl group trio like all have their sights on this one guy and then by the end of it they learn their like worth and say no we, you know, <laughs> we're better than that and whatnot and then like we have like past characters kind of overseeing this and and whatnot and yeah and they make they make the cameos and yes. you know uh maybe sophie has like a moment with the lead mm-hmm. or one of the girl or with the girls and she's like you don't need men like <laughs> yes exactly exactly you know and then just look at abba's catalog and just figure something out figure <laughs> well, it out i mean that's what they did with this one because like mm-hmm. when i kissed the teacher that's a real song like <laughs> <laughs> it just so happened to fit perfectly oh you're like that's a real song like yeah it's a real abba it song it's not it's not written for the movie yeah, uh, just just figure it out. You know, jukebox musicals in the, inherently are you know just difficult in that situation. Like, okay, find a bunch of songs, figure it out. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. I think we can stop with the parallels from the first movie. Yeah. So, like, one of us and Angel Eyes mm-hmm. had were parallel had parallel moments to from the first movie. Yes. One of us was SOS. Let's be real here. And yeah. then Angel Eyes was dancing queen in the first movie not in this one yes to the point where it's like the same choreography (laughs) (laughs) it's the same (laughs) yeah 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 so in the in this third one that we're making up that hopefully will be made one day uh because hollywood is listening to this podcast of course uh, (laughs) (laughs) don't do that (laughs) yes (laughs) do something different yeah do something different i mean it's like technically speaking like they already did like the rules of the third movie and a sequel for the second because pretty much the third movie of the sequel um in those rules show you about stuff you didn't know so essentially like you know the first movie and the sequel is like in a, a trilogy is like okay this is building the world this is a good story it probably could be um a one-off standalone the next one is a very new story. And the third one brings back elements from the first one, just sort of just bringing it full circle. And they kind of did that or like relied on it heavily for Mamma Mia 2. <laughs> like so much. That was the whole movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you feel about that? How they how they did it? One thing I I, I do obviously love is I, I love when films have two versions of the same character an older and a younger one i kind of like that because i i like to see how well i can feel that these are the same person which actually brings me into something else i also took a note of is most of the characters that are uh displayed in the 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 past sequences not to discredit them actually give them some credit where credit is due they're essentially doing impressions of the older cast i felt you know with the exception and i have to i definitely have to give her props of miss lily james who i actually feel like does carry those aspects of the movie so well for me like just for me because like she's she's doing something different like she's playing donna how she probably would be portrayed as a a young person you know so that you can actually see these two characters and just like hey that's donna but this is how she was then this is how she is now whereas like everyone else is like okay you're exactly the same you've (laughs) you've grown not at all but i feel like willie james is such a talent in a lot of the stuff she is including this that she was actually really nice to watch like watching her sing the songs when i kissed the teacher like when you know bringing back you know mama mia like was great like she was awesome in it i felt she saved what the song waterloo because he's, yeah hugh skinner could not yeah. sing it <laughs> no, he, he tried his best it was as entertaining as it was you know he tried his best but yeah it, which <laughs> which for when, when i was watching it again for this uh just for this uh, time I thought for a second that he was playing young Pierce Brosnan so I was yes. just like oh that's funny they cast somebody who can't sing mm-hmm. for somebody who can't sing and then mm-hmm. I was just like wait a second he's playing young Colin Firth 
Yes, he's playing young Colin Firth, and he was just like he's doing his best Colin Firth in Bridget Jones's Diary impression, and like while while being the Pierce Brosnan of the of the men. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like, yeah. So uh, that's that was my thing. I was like, especially um, again, giving you know props to just like young Rosie and Tanya. Like they basically, I was watching them just like. Yeah, that's that's them. Like they're you're you're doing these characters like justice as they were played before. I and I was just like, it was like neither one of them have changed over these years. They're literally the no. same women at all, you same know. Same haircut and everything. Yeah, they got their same cut, so like they didn't change nothing. <laughs> like right, you know? and it's supposed to be what, like 30, 40 years, 30 mm-hmm. years later? Yeah. So wait a second, wait. They graduate college at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So they're like twenty two, let's say twenty two, yeah, twenty two, yeah. And it's nineteen, it's nineteen seventy nine, and then it jumps to twenty ten, yeah. So thirty years later, thirty ish mm-hmm. years later, okay, right. yeah, yeah. For thirty years, you have the same haircut. Come on, <laughs> the same exact cut, and there's like the like, the same exact was like hang in their voices the same exact energy like i mean there's elements that do stay the same but it's just like it i would have liked to see a little bit more of like what lily brought into it where it was just like you don't have to do the same thing as the old director did but just make it so it feels like it's the same character but i understand too that it's like with people coming in to watch this one, they didn't want any confusion of who was who, you know, besides the lead blonde who like, obviously we know who it is. Or it's like, we don't want any, like, any sort of like confusion. Like who is who is definitely, okay. You're definitely that person. You're definitely that person. Like, I have no questions. I know exactly who you are, but it's like an artistic standpoint. It was just like, yeah, I can tell you just doing. But like, kudos, kudos to casting for casting mm-hmm. Jessica Keenan Wynn as young christine baranski like they mm-hmm. i mean facially they look the same yes somebody do their job <laughs> yeah someone did their job well and like she's she's getting just like that cadence of how she speaks just like that i would that i would have thought that like after because she's supposed mm-hmm. to what have like four or five husbands already or something right like she's supposed to be one of those people i feel like that would have come over time that cadence yeah not be born with it not be born within your 22 with that same cadence of everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about share for a second let's talk about share why not <laughs> how did you did so uh every time i watch this movie i feel like share kind of looks like lady gaga when yeah. she comes out am i am i wrong in saying that <laughs> No, <laughs> no, that, like, not at all. <laughs> in that white suit, you know, with the hair, she kind of reminds me of her. But uh, after this movie came out, uh, Cher had an album called Dancing Queen. Have you heard of this? I did not know about this. <laughs> it's a 10-track album where mm-hmm. she covers ABBA. It's the album that nobody asked for, but they didn't know that they needed. Um <laughs> On it is Fernando, but just her singing. They cut out Andy Garcia's part, uh, or or harmonies, I should say. Mm-hmm. It came out in 2018. It is fabulous and everything. And right. allegedly, there's a sequel album in the works where Cher teased that Voulez-Vous would be on it, as well as a Spanish version of Chiquitita. Wow. So <laughs> wow. be on the lookout for Cher's Dancing Queen album volume two. I can't believe this is a thing, but I can't <laughs> believe it's a thing at the same time. <laughs> that's, well, that's most of this. Even Cher being in the movie isn't what we asked for, but we didn't know we needed. Yeah, it, it's and it's so weird. Like, you know, just thinking about it now, you you know, she is brought up to be just such this terrible mother right and this like this terrible mother cares like a, a, you know about herself more than her own daughter and then when it's brought mm-hmm. up in that end it's sort of played like a joke like it's kind of like it's like of course she is look how like star-studded she is like oh i'm just like great grandmother i'm leaving that one out like it's just like it just played as a joke all of a sudden it's like huh. well is she built as a terrible mother or is she built as one that 
well, she's a terrible mother. That's great. But mm-hmm. like, is it, she's not like a mean mother. It's no, more no, like no. she's, she's neglectful. Neglectful. Yes. That's a better word. Yeah. So when she comes and she's like, I'm willing to be a quote unquote grandmother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like mm, it's just weird. I'm just like, I think the movie just wanted some share. <laughs> it needed, do you feel like it would have been better if there was more share? Or was there just enough share? Honestly, I'll I'll say this. I think I needed more share. I think I needed yeah. more share. Just yeah. that, like, just for more of a justification, just to have her there. Because having her there, like, in the last bit of the last act, is kind of like... You ruined share. Like, yeah. It would have been great if it was, like, she learned the story. Because, mm-hmm. like, Sophie knew the story of how she came to be. Yeah. How she... her mom came to the island it would have been great if Cher learned this story and that's what the flashbacks are yeah yeah they were great because she you know she wasn't in the picture so she didn't know what her daughter had went through throughout that whole time and still doesn't know at this point still doesn't understand really what happened so it would have been nice if like she's learning it and throughout that she's learning what's important and by the end when she decides to you know be in her family's life it makes sense rather than just kind of showing up in a helicopter and like holding for audience applause like <laughs> Cher showed up you know uh, I think I, I I saw this in theaters when it was when it first came out right. and if memory serves I, myself included we're, we were just all applauding when she came on screen yeah like yes that's what the movie needed like, <laughs> like we're just like yes Cher yeah! like, it's just, exactly i mean they knew what they were doing they knew exactly what they were doing they knew exactly what they were doing i did find this one bit of trivia not about share though Mm -hmm. um i found this off of imdb trivia so take it with a grain of salt but i feel like it's true julie walters who Mm -hmm. plays rosie um she took a day off of filming so she could attend the investiture ceremony at buckingham palace where she was made dame commander of the order of the british empire by queen elizabeth ii basically be getting the title of dame because she's now dame julie walters and upon returning to set the cast sang there is nothing like a dame to her (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know how true that is it feels i mean it feels true i mean i mean come 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 on that's 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 miss weasley right there that's like, <laughs> like well i mean the dame part is yeah true. that's definitely true if they sang there's nothing like a dame to her i would I, I would love it like that would that would just make everything yeah if i was on that set that'd be fantastic <laughs> and it this movie makes it very clear that like meryl streep only filmed her things in a week <laughs> yeah like that was a week of work for her like literally like oh this is great so you work in film yes. <laughs> yes how many days would you say it took her to film um i love my life there's effects throughout this entire movie so different things stand in maybe two to three days maybe two maybe to three, two three days. days maybe maybe two to three days and then super trooper probably took what like a week yeah, that one probably took a week just because, like, it's such a big cast and there's so much going on. Like, stuff like that, like, takes a while. And especially if you're trying to, like, cut costs because you've got, like, um, A-list actors involved and whatnot and A-list celebrities, then you definitely want to cut costs. So, yeah, that took probably a, a week to get do that in, done. Do it in one take as, me- as much as possible. <laughs> as much as possible. Get the stand-ins in, like, you know, <laughs> to fix the lighting while, like, well, Meryl was like off, like, you know, with a powder or whatnot, you know, just. <laughs> She's off to the side, sipping her champagne out of the bottle with the straw. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like, just wondering when the next time she's going to get nominated for an Oscar. Like, just <laughs> not with this one. <laughs> not with this one. Not with this. <laughs> but, okay. So, is it me or did it feel like my love, my life? was just added on because the movie really ends with Fernando. Yeah. Yeah, it it's definitely it has like what I'm going to call a soft ending. 
mm-hmm. where there is, I mean, I, I, like you said, this movie really didn't need to be made. Mm-hmm. It just ends, you know, it's like, yeah. and poof, we're done. Kurt yeah, off. Definitely very tacked on. I mean, it's, it seems whether there was actually some thought like put into this or not, it was very hard for this to have a concrete ending because nothing essentially happens in like a traditional three act structure, if that makes sense. Cause like everything there's literally just happenstances, like things just happening. We're telling a story that we already know we get to see it, but at the same time in the present, nothing really is happening. It's all things that try to tie in and accommodate to the prequel aspect of the film. But you know, by that time, when we get to the end, it's basically just an end. And all we really can do is have a, we'll just have a number with the entire cast, the uh, young versions and older versions, which is just like your suspension of disbelief is like thrown out the window at that point. That was just literally, you put that in. As much as I uh, enjoy that and much as I, you know, I, I love Super Trooper, I because I do enjoy it. Um, and I actually did enjoy that number for what it was. I was just like, okay, we just wanted a huge number <laughs> with all these stars, everything. And I'm just like, okay, I'm like, what canon does this take place in? None, because it's just for well, they were that was also another parallel number from the first one because right, they had Waterloo mm-hmm. as the curtain call, quote unquote, right? So, but and it's funny that you. Uh, with that one, because sh- you clearly see Cher come out. She's got like sort of bell bottomy pants, and she's wearing a jacket. And sh- mm-hmm. you can tell that she's like no jumpsuits. No, no. jumpsuits, not for her. Nope. nope, nope. She looks comfortable. Like honestly, <laughs> she looks. Com- she's in her pajamas, <laughs> right? <laughs> her glittery pajamas and a big poofy French poodle wig. Exactly. Yeah. Like she's like this. It was nothing. She's doing her little like share snap that she's been doing for all this time, and like <laughs> you know, just kind of just rocking share snap. You know, phoning in that performance like nothing. Like it's just she's like, I gave it all in Fernando. That's it. That's all you get. You get one number. <laughs> yeah, one number. This one, just like plus I'm ensemble. No, no, no. No, I'm sure, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in all actuality. She is indeed Cher. (laughs) She is. She deserves more. (laughs) And, you know, I kept forgetting her character name because I was just like, it's Cher on screen. That's all I I haven't. I haven't the slightest clue what her name is. I'm realizing right now. (laughs) Ruby. Ruby. Oh, I have to. I had to remember Andy Garcia. Ruby. (laughs) Ruby. (laughs) Oh, that was that was the other thing. When that happens, when they start playing Fernando, did you just start laughing maniacally like I did? <laughs> yeah, like I was just like, "What?" Because <laughs> you have you hear this this understory of like their love affair that happened mm-hmm. uh, many years ago, and then when it is revealed, when Cher's like Sid Fuegos, that's a, a weird last name, and then you they like he just shouts Ruby at her, and they start singing Fernando. I'm like. I, I'm just giddily laughing and clapping and just d- yeah. not caring. And then the yeah. fireworks happen. I'm just like, yes! Honestly, like, now that I'm, like, thinking about it, like, with that, like, major coincidence, because apparently coincidence has happened here in Athens, but, like, this major coincidence, all I want now is I want to see that story between Ruby and Fernando take me back some decades let me see this like let me let me see what this was you know yeah, that like, one that one they didn't like hit as hard as donna's mm-hmm. past right so that yeah. would make a great mama mia three yeah that would be great like just like or four yeah or four you know who you know sequels now you know sequels they'll they'll find a way we are we're, we're in the mama mia franchise <laughs> yes the mama mia extended universe <laughs> it's like, oh no but okay i'll take it you know let me learn about what what, what has rosie been doing all this time like what, what's right? going on like i want to working on her cookbook exactly can we <laughs> learn more about that all these you know these three guys like harry bill like you know they left 
and we don't actually know what went down with them like <laughs> after they left Athens no. like looking for her we don't know extended universe here we go <laughs> I just did it I wrote it right now <laughs> your next project that's the next one right here you know <laughs> And just take Abba's catalog and figure it out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darius, is there anything you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? I guess one thing, you know, that is, you know, a big thing about Mamma Mia like, we have to talk about is aesthetic. And, you know, aesthetic is important for this specific show and this movie. And that, I feel like, is nailed for the most part i mean if we ever reach any altitude in either mamma mia movie it turns straight in the green screen like just but like yeah it's like straight in the green screen like so just the bad. blue skies and the ocean it's like and it's not done very well but you know just overall feel of the 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 show and even like the you know the end with super trooper with this, like the costumes they're wearing you know it's like i felt it I'm I'm trying to give credit where credit due because I feel like I'm bagging on this movie like really hard, but at the same time there are some notes where I have to say, I you know I I still had fun. I mean I'm still a musical fan and like if I can tap my toe a little bit then you know I'm, I'm in it. Yeah, like like seeing them dance at Dancing Queen, I'm just like okay, you know we got the yeah. joyous number, and I don't know if I'm right in saying this, but this one felt light on the choreography, very light, yeah. So. Uh, any choreography was welcome. Yeah, it's, it's very like again, you know, I'm not trying to bag too much on this movie. It's like it's it's not not a perfect film by any means, oh, no. but you know, cause, but we're not we're not talking about like uh like Repo the Genetic Opera or like we're not talking about Cats right, right now. We're talking about <laughs> this movie too, just a movie that exists. And if you're not doing nothing, you know, pop it in. Pop it in, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's get into Sharp and Flash, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. In this section, we're going to highlight some moments, that whether we talked about them or not. And right. if we liked it, it's sharp. And if okay. we didn't like it, it's flat. Do you cool. have any sharp moments that you want to highlight? Right. So we're talking about moments of the film, that like aspects or... You can uh, talk about whatever you want, really. I call okay. it moments, but like, if you're just like, the cinematography in this one section was, was sexy, mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll bring it back just to, I'll just bring it home right here. Lily James, sharp for me. Sharp. Ardana, uh, sharp. Like, she is amazing in this film. And I think, like, this is a film that she could have easily phoned in, you know, with the stuff she's done. <laughs> she could have easily phoned it in, but she's definitely not in this. She's definitely giving it her all for what the film has given her. And I, I have to say, sharp, definitely. I can't remember which one it was, but there was one song where it was all, like, match cuts. <laughs> I want to say I Have a Dream. It was I Have a Dream. Yeah. Um, where it was all match cuts. And I was just like, I'm a good, I'm a sucker for a good match cuts. Yeah. <laughs> so all the match cuts, majority of the match cuts in this one, mm-hmm. I'll take. I love the line, be still my beating vagina. Yes. That <laughs> made me roll out laughing. And that's not an ad lib. That was actually in the script. That was, they wrote that. So <laughs> that, old Parker wrote that. That's amazing. I really loved. Uh, a, a huge sharp for Bill and Harry doing the Titanic pose. It's it's a hundred percent sharp, hundred percent sharp. <laughs> I mean, you're doing an iconic pose in mm-hmm. a semi wannabe iconic movie. So, right. Right. Uh, and then for in terms of dancing, in terms of like musical numbers, I want to give a yeah. shout out. I want to give sharps to Dancing Queen and Fernando, okay. just because they are what they they know what they are <laughs> yes exactly exactly as far as a, a moment in the movie i i don't know if anyone's ever done this before on, on, on your show but i will give a super trooper i'll say that it is sharp but a little pitchy <laughs> okay a little a little pitchy it's you know not as sharp as it could be but it was good overall there was some notes that uh, could have been better so I'll, I'll just say sharp but a little pitchy for for that one can't say it was perfect but i can say that i enjoyed it 
I mean, the, sometimes I do give a natural where it's mm -hmm. neither a sharp nor a flat. Mm -hmm. You want to call it a natural? Let's call it, yeah, let's call it a natural. Okay. Get it? Musical puns. Ha <laughs> uh, Yes. <laughs> Love it. Uh, do you have any flats? Yeah. As far as flats go, I will say the present day storyline was flat for me, honestly. Oh, yeah. It was, it was flat for me. That's That was the thing. Because even so, it's like, even though we're seeing a story, we know it's good to see it, but the rest, it didn't feel like anything. Like she's, you know, she's reopening the, you know, the hotel and and whatnot. But as far as that goes, anything that's happening during that section of the film actually slowed the film down for me. I'll have to say that was flat. I feel like they had a good storyline for the present, which mm -hmm. was her and Sky, like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're on different different countries, and there's mm -hmm. if you want to explore that type of like love story, but mm -hmm. they were more focused on Donna being dead <laughs> than mm -hmm. her relationship with her husband. Like, right. uh, it's so weird. Right, like if she's the living, you know, the living lead essentially in this in this film now, like in the present day, like we're focusing more on her then I feel like we should do that. Like in, in her relationship, like even, even like the idea of these two separating uh, life opportunities that they both have um, at that point and the frustration that both of them are feeling, let's dive into that. You know, let's, let's, let's go into it a little bit more because I was like this, okay, this is somewhere we can go with it. All right. All right, but it's pretty, um, it's resolved pretty quick. He just yeah, comes he, on back, and when he comes on back, there's a baby coming. Like, it's, you know. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're talking about sharp and flats. Go ahead. <laughs> well, so I don't, I didn't write that down because it wasn't really worth it in my, worth my time to write it as a flat. My flats are Hugh Skinner's singing. Waterloo, you need power behind your voice. Right. And I didn't, really get that with him when lily james came in and started singing with him in that song i was just like yes <laughs> <laughs> somebody yeah. can sing waterloo yeah um, she, she brought it home yeah like we said lack of share like if you're gonna lack have share you need share mm -hmm. definitely uh, and then the hairstyles of young tanya and young rosie i'm sorry those just annoyed the fuck out of me because, like, you could have done something again. Thirty years mm -hmm. have the same hairstyle for thirty years, right? You, you, uh... right? And these, and these are cuts. Like the, these are not like with Donna, like just having long wavy hair. Like you just have long, like long wavy. You just haven't cut it. But like these are specific niche cuts that the two right. of these characters have. That they have gone, <laughs> they've gone to the salon and said, "Hey, you know what to do." Like every time, every like, year. <laughs> I feel like the young storyline, you know, the past storyline, it's supposed to take place between like 1970 to like 1981. I feel right. if you want, if we want to like put years to it, and right. during that time, there were very different hairstyles than there were today for women. So, like. Mm -hmm explore that i mean you don't have to do like the frizzy 80s <laughs> but like i don't know fair faucet was big do you like give yeah. tanya the faucet the fair faucet look yeah it could still be short but like mm -hmm. some just something Urgh. yeah this yeah something else and it's just like yeah it is very much just like oh i just wanted it's like i just wanted the audience to realize that this is them but then again they're acting like them you know like it's, a, it's not necessarily trusting the audience to know them. And if you don't trust the audience to know these two characters, then you must not believe the characters are iconic enough to be remembered if they are being portrayed by two other people. You know what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, I, I do. Yeah, so I, I can definitely understand where that is a flat. That's, that's definitely a flat. I will say, um, you know, a flat for me, if while we're on younger characters, I will just say for the most part of flat for me is 
the younger version of the characters because they are essentially just doing impressions of the older uh, characters. Except for uh, Lily James. Except for Lily James. Again, like I, I am definitely a simp for Lily during this podcast this time, but I mean, I was a simp for her while like like watching the film. Like it was, she's doing something different, but for the most part, the other characters, the supporting characters, which inherently, you know, they are interesting supporting characters, but we go into the realm of almost like these caricatures when we have these younger versions and they're just, it's like, I got a nail with this, you know, what they did and whatnot. Because in, in musicals in general, you know, you have, you have your leads, which are great, but then the characters around them, you know what I'm saying? It's like you have, you definitely have like your Sandy and your Danny, but then you've got like Rizzy, like Rizzo and, and Kaneki, you know, you know, you have your like. And they're all fleshed out and everything. Yeah. I feel I feel like they were fleshed out in the first movie more than this one. Absolutely. They're accessories in this movie, I would say. Uh Gross. um would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist my life's playlist (laughs) Um, now this is this is more like you know you go into work and mm -hmm. it's on it's on like your spotify playlist or whatever or you're at the gym or just not of the just the audio not the visual yeah well definitely i mean I, i definitely got some i mean super trooper mama mia because just because like yeah mamma mia and then i would say a different version of waterloo <laughs> a different well this, I'm, i mean just from this movie so yeah you would go with waterloo from the first movie <laughs> yeah yeah i would i would like so i would go from this movie and i'm just like um <laughs> and i was like yeah i'll take these two and then like waterloo <laughs> And then I go uh, looking for other versions of it. I so, would agree with you with Super yeah. Trooper. Yeah. And Mamma Mia. I'm gonna mm-hmm. add Dancing Queen, Angel Eyes, and Fernando. hmm Yeah, yeah. I mean the rest the rest of the album is fine. It's just like those ones speak more to me than the rest of the songs. Right. Um, I think for Super Trooper, like I, I, I found myself kind of like in it the most because like when i sing i sing really low so i can always like i was doing it the whole time i'm just like oh snap and i didn't even realize i was doing it but i was doing it and i was just like <laughs> oh yeah just like anything that like involves some sort of like bass or bass line or something like that or bass ensemble i'm in so yeah that's <laughs> i can do that the whole time without even ever seeing any other lyric i'll do that and like just have the time of my life (laughs) Darius we've come to the end of the of the episode right it's been it's been fun yeah it's been it's I'm sorry that I made you watch this movie but I'm not sorry because that means you you're now part of the fam yeah well I mean I had to be integrated somehow and if this is a way if this is a catalyst (laughs) then I'm I'm all game you know and it, it was fun it was kind of a fun night it was like okay I have to watch this movie. Oh, fun. I have an assignment to do that's not me <laughs> editing videos or recording people singing. Like, I, I actually had a lot of fun with it. Oh, yeah. I, yo, speaking of which, what do you have to plug and promote? I mean, you want to talk about Stage to Screen? Yes. So, uh, Stage to Screen on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and there's some of the scenes are on YouTube as well, is a web series, an anthology series that takes scenes from stage musicals and makes them in the short films. And we have one season up on the Instagram, which is stage underscore the screen. And season two, um, or half of season two, is going to be released starting on July 5th. And those five different scenes are five new scenes that we've done. Um, I do have to say that there is a definite escalation of uh, production value that's been put into these uh, particular scenes. We've got out tonight from rent we've got journey to the past from anastasia we've got xy from six we've got yeah we've got god uh help the outcast from hunchback and Dame, and then we've got the opening sing- song carrie from carrie and those are during that week is pretty much every day there's going to be a new scene and then the week after that is going 
to be uh, interviews with the cast members from each of those scenes, as well as a season three announcement what scenes we're going to end up doing then. So it's going to be fun. It's a lot. And you are like the one man show for it. You're the creator, producer, director, casting, recording art, (laughs) sound engineer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the way it started out. You know, um, this, I will say like the, the jump, in quality in these videos is definitely due to a team that I've acquired over doing the first season. So now, you know, I have a little bit more of a machine. We're still small, we're still independent, but a little bit more of a machine behind us. And, you know, we're, we're working on stuff to, to help this, this grow. And in the future, you know, watch out. I, you know, I have directed and, and produced a lot of these, but, you know, you know, this time around, you know, maybe I have someone else producing a video that a director maybe you know it definitely in the next part of season two there's a couple scenes that will be directed by people on my scene and i'll be either in it or i will be um just simply a cinematographer or an editor on it you know just kind of um branching a little more out. hands off a little bit more i feel like yeah now we've done enough to where like i can definitely trust people to do that as I kind of back away, you know, um, you know, just a little, a little exclusive on this here podcast, you know, we are doing, uh, you know, Jolly Holiday from Mary Poppins, and I myself will be Bert in that scene, and I am not directing, nor am I shooting, Um, I will be backing away for that to focus on being Bert, so like, yeah, so this is going to be uh, a great oh, new season. I am excited to see you do that shitty Cockney accent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, preparing for that, I did try to to bring it a little bit more grounded. But you, you, you know, you have to, you got to do it. Dick Van Dyke did it. You have to, you know, I need a glorious die. Like you have to, <laughs> you have to do it like you did. <laughs> I I really appreciated season one because you started it during the pandemic. Definitely, yeah. Uh, um, and I remember watching. Uh, revolting children Mm -hmm. and you see them with masks without masks and they're all social distance and everything and Mm -hmm. that was like pretty awesome how you did it thank you yeah um at first I was a little um I was a little I was like oh I can't really have them sing but then also because another labor love of mine is I'm you know I'm a dancer I'm a a competitive hip-hop dancer for that specific group of kids and uh, a company that I also co-founded and I had all of them and I was just like okay I know they're not really singers but I know they definitely all can dance so we can just we'll just focus on dance for this one put the masks on we'll get the costumes and hopefully it works and yeah I'm I'm very proud of that project and you're based out of California yeah California um, Los Angeles is where I am right now that's the basic uh, operations for stage to screen um any dance stuff that i do is no longer in in los angeles it's uh, in san diego which is about two hours south of here um so i'm traveling in the car all the time which gives me a lot of reasons to listen to podcasts and listen, listen to, to some theaters. podcasts right podcasts. it was just like podcasts like <laughs> such as the one we're on <laughs> what oh my god <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to plug promote yeah so we already talked about the the next season of stage of screen also the, the origin hip-hop performing arts academy in san diego has just opened up if you're in san diego come to the uh, mission valley mall we're right there we're right next to victoria's secret so um, if you want to take some dance classes there this is the best way to say because honestly it's so central victoria's secret's line is even past like our line because they still have lines you can't really go in too much so it's like we're right next to Victoria's Secret. If you see the long line of women, just we're right there dancing. If you need some dance classes, yes, you need to have the revolting children. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can email at buttersongpod at gmail.com. Um, mm-hmm. on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. And if you want to be part of the next episode, we're going to be talking about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist Season 1. Yes, let's save it, guys. Let's save it. (laughs) Uh, Were you part of that at all? No, no, I I wasn't. Um, How dare you? (laughs) How dare they not hire you? (laughs) I, you know, I I wish. I wish. It's definitely something in my niche, but I will uh, 
be in the campaign now trying to save it as best I can. Don't want to talk about that yet. (laughs) (laughs) If we don't talk about it, maybe it won't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. No jinxing. No jinxing. (laughs) Oh, I'm really bad at ending these. So, shapoopy. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Goodbye. 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 Here we go. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.